0: Now the free agency is winding down, Kari Thompson, Brad Spielberger, Dan DeYoung, and myself go over Ryan Pace in full to assess what we think of what he's done as the GM of the Bears so far. That and more on this episode of Bear With Me. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And as we dive back into our conversation, started in part one earlier, all about free agency, we are going to move into the pay section of the conversation, and I won't delay you any more. Let's jump right into Skype and get back with the group. Now I want to move into a spot where we just give our general impressions on, you could call it the off-season overview, but I mean, let's just lay it plain, guys. We're, I want to talk about Ryan Pace a little bit, because we have had this GM for quite some time, for better or for worse. Some moves have been good. Trading for Khalil Mack was awesome. I can't believe we were the franchise that made that move. And That's I can't that believe I that I'm we exactly. have people
1: talking about, like, was trading Khalil, trading for Khalil Mack a bad move? It's like, get out of here.
0: Just stop exactly. talking. Stop. And, and at the same time so we've had one of the best trades in recent history and a lot of people would laugh and point and say we've had one of the worst trading up for the worst quarterback of the three in the 2017 draft so for better or for worse we've got a gm that brad could talk all about it i think actually frankly any of us could he plays in the now ryan pace and the start of his career did everything for a future team that did not exist yet and starting about 2018 all he's done is plan for next year and that's about it and sometimes he can do that in some creative ways i still go back to the idea that haha clinton dix was a genius signing not just in the value that his one-year deal presented but also in that he was an actual backup to eddie jackson at the free safety position one of my favorite things about Robert Quinn is not just how he affects defenses, and I'm talking he doesn't even have to create a pressure, people are already looking at him. He doesn't just create the pressures that I'm talking about, but he also means that if Khalil Mack or Kim Hicks get hurt, you have a second pass rusher, because like we saw, with just Mack, it didn't work. And also, I have to talk about the third creative thing he's done, which is Nick Foles. If COVID-19 means that the season happens, but training camp doesn't, Nick Foles is the best choice. Somebody like Cam Newton, somebody like Case Keenum, somebody like Andy Dalton would have to learn an offense without being able to throw to anybody. But Nick Foles already knows it. He's run it twice, one by Andy Reid and one by Doug Peterson. So when he comes to Nagy, he's going to know the language. It's like bringing Chase Daniel in, but better. But with that said, and I'll turn it over to anybody who wants to talk Ryan Pace seems to have a cost problem, and he certainly seems to be willing to pay with future money, which is the real-world equivalent of taking out a bank loan anytime you want to make a car payment. And it works for a little while. You pay your bills. You get to keep driving the car. But at some point, the bank comes calling, and the car payment is still needing to be paid. I don't know how this is going to work. And if it does work great, of course, that could be all right. But what are are y'all feeling? Is this ship or this house being built well, in your opinion, what would you change if you could? Kari, you've gone last a couple times. Let's start with you. Well, in
1: terms of, I, I, maybe this is a, a good time for me to talk about my overall impression of 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 Ryan Base, I suppose. Um, you know, I've in thinking about what's going on right now with our our current societal predicament. Um, so much of what's happening right now with everything being shut down across the nation and just all of the, the fear and and panic and misinformation um, that, that we're kind of going through on a daily basis, so much of it I feel like could have been avoided um, if the work was done years in advance and if the preparation was made years in advance so that when, you know, so that when things started to get rough, I was gonna I was gonna you know go <laughs> I was gonna go a little bit off off uh, off the cuff there. but so when things started to get rough, you had um, you know basically that that preparation to fall back on, and you felt confident that you were making the the right choice, the safest choice uh, to move things forward in in the right direction. I feel like Ryan Pace and, and where the Chicago Bears are now is an example of what happens when you screw the process up. And we talked about, um, you know, the Mitchell Trubisky trade-up, the fact that Deshaun Watson was not interviewed. Um, he, he, was, he was not accurately scouted. He, he was not completely scouted by the Chicago Bears, which kills me, which absolutely kills me. And it's an example of not doing the necessary work to ensure that you are making the right decision when your name comes up, you know, when, when the Chicago bears are on the clock and you are deciding who is going to be the franchise quarterback and you pick the wrong guy and that pick ultimately ruins everything and and it, and it affects everything down the line. So you're talking about, you know, him playing with, with future money, Right. It was one thing to make the trade up for Mitchell Trubisky and be like, you know what? I got my guy. He's he might sit next year. You know, he might not play a whole lot, but I'm I'm hoping that he develops into something. Well, then the next year you traded for Khalil Mack and you traded away basically every high draft pick that you had for the next two years. And you went out and you signed Allen Robinson, and you signed Taylor Gabriel, and you overhauled, you know, the the you know receiving core and all of that. And that was all based on the idea that you had your guy in Mitchell Trubisky, and it was all ruined essentially. Like like last year, the 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 threads came undone, and you saw the the flaws in you know playing with future money for you know an investment that just that it wasn't the one you should have made. You made the wrong pick. And so the idea of playing with future money now, it's all, it's almost just like we are now snowballing downhill and we are in such a desperate situation that in order to save your job, you got to, you almost have to play risky now. Because if you play conservative and, you know, you just like went for, you know, a third or fourth tier kind of backup. And we're just like, we're just going to go with Mitchell Trubisky and see what happens. And Mitchell Trubisky plays badly next year. Now you have nothing to offer, um, you know, the, the organization you have no future, you know, to, to speak of, and you've just run this entire operation off a cliff and sold away every draft pick that was worth anything. It's just this, this crazy cascading effect to me, you know, a, a feedback loop really of, You, uh, you, you got committed, you know, you know, to use poker terms, you got pot committed and now you're stuck. You know, you can't, you can't bluff your way out of this. You better hope it works. Um, that's kind of my long rambly way of saying that Ryan Pace has made some pretty good moves as, as a GM. He's made some, some sensible ones, especially on the defensive side of the ball, as you've mentioned, but none of it really matters when you screw up the quarterback position and, I think at this point right now, you can't say anything other than the fact that he screwed up the quarterback position, and that is the single driving factor behind where we are now. Yeah. Dan,
2: what do you think? I mean, you kind of nailed everything. With I saw a clip earlier today that just put me in a negative mood of uh, Ryan Pace talking about uh, Mischewiski after he drafts him. You know, what excited him about him. Oh, he could see the field well. He'll do all these things. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't do any of that. Great. Uh So it just has me just like, it put just fear because it's, again, because Carrie mentioned it. Like, drafting Mitch Trubisky and they built everything around him like he was going to be the guy. And when it turned out that he wasn't the guy, they have to take some risks. And they have to get very lucky. Nick Foles has to play well or else Ryan Pace, I don't know what that's going to happen. Maybe he has the ability to draft a quarterback in 2021 and then he gets more years. I don't know. But for this team, for this era of Chicago Bears football with this elite defense led by Khalil Mack and everything, Mr. Bisky not being good screwed up everything. And Ryan Pace missing on that. You can't say, you know. Him missing on that, you can't say that he's done a good job because, uh, as as you mentioned, the rest of the stuff, it doesn't matter because he screwed up the quarterback.
0: And what I can't stand most of all, and I have to throw this in there because there may very well be some people listening and they may think something along the lines of, you guys are being too hard on Mitch Trubisky. I mean, yeah, he didn't play all that great, but certainly he played all right in 2018. And all I can say to that is just take a look and ask yourself, would 2018's Mitch Trubisky season have been even better had it been Deshaun Watson, had it been Patrick Mahomes, had it been Sam Darnold, had it been Josh Allen, had it been Josh Rosen, had it been, um, oh man, the last one, Baker Mayfield? I mean, there are plenty of these options that Pace had. He could have drafted somebody in 2016. That'd be Wentz or Goff that actually that fell off the list after that, and they were first two. But aside from 2016, which was a nasty draft in and of itself, Trubisky just I guess the best way I could say this is... It's easy to screw up the quarterback position. A lot of teams do it. Look at Jacksonville. Look at the Jets. And they they even have a debatably pretty good quarterback. So it's not as if the Bears are anything new... In that they screwed up the quarterback position. But the rest of the team was so good in 2018... And looked so bad just one year later... With an inefficient quarterback... That, yeah, like you said, Kari... It's the boat anchor holding the team back. And I don't know how you do much better... Uh, than where we're at, certainly it's a hard bed to fix. But I'll turn it over to Brad because his concepts of value are very different than a lot of ours. Because I know I think about 2020, where Brad lives in 2021. By now, is that fair? Are you living in the future? Where Where is the mind of a cap person at in these kinds of times?
3: I don't know if this would apply to all cap people. I mean, it definitely to some degree. But I also think I just I always tend to have like a, a couple year view, just because in in my approach to football teams and roster construction it's always like sustained success so so again like when i talk about 2020 with Foles' move and the quinn move like they're gonna win more games in 2020 because of those moves there's no question about that but and not every team can be the patriots so i'm not going to compare him to the patriots but i do look at moves and 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 everything on a multi-year basis so they're already kind of cap strapped, and for all we know, both tackles could need replacing next year. Like that could happen. Um, that's an expensive position. That's a hard position to find talent at. What about what if both tackles and quarterback need replacing next year, and you are you already have no money and no draft picks? Like, yes, I'm being the, the doomsday scenario guy, but like that's a reality that like isn't even that crazy to say. Like it is not crazy to say they could need to replace Leno, Massey, and Foles slash Trubisky. So. When you think of that, like that's panic mode, right? So, but back to the like kind of the general question, just kind of a bird's eye view of pace. I mean, from the day he got here, I-, I liked how he handled the rebuild. I didn't think that he rushed things. I think that he understood that he could take a couple years. I mean, he inherited probably the worst roster in the NFL at that time. And it was smart that he had a window where the, you know the team clearly, gave him a directive of take three or four years, two or three years, and fix this in a sustainable capacity. And in the beginning, he did. He really didn't trade up a lot. He didn't. He signed guys to, to one-and-a-half, as I call them, or two-year deals. You know, kind of short-term, you're not fixing this team. Basically, this roster needs to be good enough for, like, fans to show up on Sundays. But, like, we know we're not competing anytime soon. And the Trubisky bet really – he, he put every all his chips on the table – and that not working, yeah, it just it just kind of destroyed everything because before knowing what that was, and even before, you know, not just coming to 2019, but even, you know, in 2018, the additions as well, obviously, if Climax available, you add him, but, you know, he went fully in without knowing the most important aspect of a football team. And so... You know, I like to point this offseason, the Bills are still kind of being tentative in this offseason. Like, they made the playoffs. They almost won a playoff game. They have elite defense, like, elite, elite defense that's young, that's hungry, that's good. They now have, I mean, they obviously made the Stefan Diggs trade move, but they came in with, I want to say, the third most cap space for this offseason, and they've made, like, no big signings. the, The Diggs move was the big move. And so, like, there are different approaches to it. And, if Allen does fall apart and let's say he has a Trubisky type season, all I'm saying is they'll be much better positioned to sign someone or to draft someone or to just do something to, to plug that gap and not be in panic mode. You know what,
1: like Robert, if you, if you don't mind, like you, you mentioned, and I wanted to say this, you know, you mentioned the Trubisky season, you know, in, in 2018, the fact that he played, you know, okay. Right. And I feel like, Bears fans need to be realistic about what Mitchell Trubisky has done and why it and why that it's impractical to rely on him figuring it out now. You think about it, right? So he was okay in 2018. He's had two below average seasons aside from that. So essentially, um people that are defending Trubisky's play and thinking that, you know, if you let him go at the end of this year, Uh, At the end of 2020, or you know, like whenever (laughs) NFL football resumes, um, that like you're not give you didn't give him a chance and you screwed it up. It's like you have a guy that his his claim to fame so far is being okay, and when you put him in a playoff game with a chance to make a legitimate Super Bowl run with a Super Bowl caliber defense and a decent enough set of offensive weapons, he played awfully for two and a half quarters. And your team lost a game in which the other team scored 15 points or or 16 points, I should say. The other team scored 16 points and you lost. It's like, you mean to tell me that, you know, your quarterback could not do better than that. And that's the kind of guy that you want to sign to a long-term deal. Or you, know, you got people that are still holding out hope for the fifth-year option on Trubisky. It's like, it's not happening. If it was going to happen, it would have happened already. It's like, read the writing on the wall here. You know, in, in that, essentially, he's he's done. At least in, in my mind, unless he were to win the starting job and play really well, then I think maybe maybe you're looking at a scenario where you're talking about the franchise tag, but other than that, he's gone. This is already done, and you're looking at Nick Foles as you know, at least in my turn, you know, in my terms, the favorite to take over as the number one, especially as you guys mentioned, if there's no training camp, uh, because he's going to be the guy that that knows how to operate the ship. It just you know, when- whenever we talk about um, you know Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, Bears fans and the mentality of sticking with a guy. He just doesn't deserve it. He does not deserve your defense because he hasn't he hasn't earned it. You know and, what I mean? I just had to get that off. Yes.
0: No, I get it. I have to jump in here. So one thing that people talk about, it's one of my favorite phrases, is people talk about whether a player can move the needle. And I want to bring up what image that's talking about because I think it's key here. One of the reasons that I think Bears fans want to defend Trubisky so much is because having a good quarterback is awesome. That's great. If and Bears fans don't know what teams, that looks like. Right. But we—we we th- I like to think of it as – that moment that you step on an old school analog scale where the scale hasn't quite figured out how heavy you really are yet because you haven't stabilized, that needle's wagging all over the place. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Where is it going to land? And a lot of people want to take a look at things like 2018, 2019, so on and so forth, and they want to say that there still is uncertainty with Trubisky, that it could go up, that the plays the plays calls could be better, the offensive line could be better. I mean, we've talked this to death, guys. We we know that. Podcast to podcast to podcast. That's how it is. I'll be the first to tell you I'm that way with Coach Matt Nagy because it's way better to have a good coach than a bad coach, and I think that there's uncertainty there because of the quarterback. But the way that we're seeing Trubisky defended, it is it is what it is, but I get why because in a, in a contest of do you want a good coach, do you want a good quarterback, I mean, that's the Patriots' argument. Patriots fans still want – or they – plenty of them do go back and forth about is it Brady or is it Belichick, but – I had to bring up the Patriots there because one thing that I think is really interesting, and this will really tie the knot back to what Brad was talking about, is the Patriots haven't done anything at quarterback. They lost Tom Brady, and they still haven't traded for anybody. They haven't signed anybody. They've got, as I understand it right now, is it, uh, did they sign Hoyer? No, yeah. So they've got Stidham as their incumbent starter. They're being patient, even in a situation where some would say, they've got to make a move. They haven't made a move yet. And I'll I find that really what, interesting.
1: Yeah, being in being in Boston, oh God, yeah, the Pats fans here are they're 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 quietly kind of freaking out about the fact that there's no uh, move on the horizon. Uh, but I think they're all s- sort of also trying to just wrap their head around the fact that Tom Brady won't be the quarterback here after like 22 years or whatever yeah. it was.
0: And I can't imagine going through that, but it is really intriguing to me that this model franchise that's won six Super Bowls hasn't done the desperate thing that almost any other team would have done, Bears included. We did. I mean, the the argument for Nick Foles is we needed a quarterback, and that gave Jacksonville the leverage where they never should have had it. So it is really intriguing, to Brad's point, because I know we've talked offline all about how the Pats are the primo example of stockpiling future picks at the expense of now. And seeing what they'll do now that their their foundation, their certainty is gone, it is so interesting to me because they haven't fought to get it back. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm really interested to see if it works or not because Bill Belichick's given us no reason to blink and it couldn't be more different than what Ryan Pace is doing. I don't know. But that's, it's just on my mind right now because seeing Pace fight to keep this thing together, I hope it works. Certainly, I see this as. The best-case scenario is that Foles, who's coming off of a collarbone injury, I just have to put that out there because this isn't a, this isn't a broken arm. This isn't a dislocated shoulder. This is an injury that is known to be nasty and recurring <laughs> in older players. So if he's able to stay healthy, we're hoping that he's the Bears' Alex Smith and that he can stick around for two years, stabilize things, maybe bring a young quarterback under his wings and win some ballgames. Because, gracious, it's been long enough since the Bears had any some kind of consistent winner. But I don't think any... I mean, okay, I, I would say show of hands, but that's not worthwhile on a podcast. Does anybody here think Nick Foles is going to win a Super Bowl? Another one. Because he already did win one. That's crazy to remember, actually, isn't it? The fact that we
1: actually watched Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. Um, no. <laughs> I
0: I would love to see it. I really would. Yeah. Is it possible? Technically, Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm not going to be running over to Vegas to put my money on it. But I'm okay with that because winning is better than losing. And like Brad said, the Bears stand to potentially win more games because of it. Now, it's everything else that I need to break the Bears' way. I would love to – okay, I have to turn this over to somebody else. Who thinks that Ryan Pace is going to trade up? in this draft. And if he does,
2: what will you think about it? Oh my God. Um, pace, dude, no. Just pace, pace is no. an addiction, man. He is an addiction to trading up in those, dra- it, it, these draft picks. And sometimes I'm like, I get excited about it. Cause it's like some of the players, like the Anthony Miller move is like, love the player we talked about earlier, but it's like looking back, it's like, wow, we gave up a lot
3: for him. The thing about trading up again this year is, I I mean, First of all, what are you even using? So you're automatically probably using future draft picks, future first, first, future second, which is just always puts you in a precarious situation because you never know what you're going to need. I mean, imagine you use your future second, and then next year, you know, it goes terribly, and you're trying to draft a quarterback next year. What are you trading up with that year? So it's just, it's never good to use future picks. So ignoring that, if you're going to trade up using, what, both of your seconds to try to get to the end of the first round type thing, and hope that like a Jalen Hurts turns things around and saves your your franchise. I mean that'd be great. Uh, I mean, but no, I think you have to stick with where you're at. Honestly, a lot of people. I'm obviously a big fan of trade up or trade downs, excuse me. But I, but with with what they're doing and where they're at at this point, you probably need to pick at 43 and 50 and get two potential starters on your roster, or, or at least like significant contributors for 2020. Uh, you're obviously going all in, and you can't half-ass that. You have to do that either fully or not. Uh, and so, yeah, I think you need to take maybe even not that, you know, sexy positions, take a guard that you know you can just plug and play right away, or take a safety at 50 that you know you can start right away. I wouldn't suggest this in a normal, you know, in a general sense, but with what they've done ev- everywhere else, I mean, you can't, again, you can't just, like, only sort of do that and, and, and kind of just, like, pivot away from it in the draft I mean you got to go for it I mean when you consider
2: trading up for the draft well trading up for the draft the one thing you have to consider we it feels like the Bears are going with the contracts all in but if you trade up now and try if you're trading up most likely it's for a quarterback so what are you doing you're going are you going all in are you preparing for the future that's what's so hard about it like I uh, Jordan Love I I like him but does it make sense for the Bears to trade up this year and do it I don't, think, I don't think so. I like him, but it's very, very tough to convince me with the moves that they've made to go all in that trading for Jordan Love now would make a ton of sense. Find out mm-hmm. if Nagy's your guy first, I would say. So let's go around the room. We'll finish out the show with this.
0: We've talked up and down Ryan Pace, and I really like a lot of what we've said. I think we're bringing up good points. But I think the best way that all of us can make sure we get our thoughts out on the table is – Quickly articulate exactly what you need to see from Pace here in the future. Uh, you can talk team results. You can talk actions. You can talk anything. And whether or not you want to see somebody else come in the door sooner or or later or how that will affect. I'll start. I want to see Ryan Pace keep his future draft picks. Honestly. Like, that's it. Just keep the ones you have. Ideally, I'd like him to trade down. But at the same time, if he picks at 43 and 50... And they're good picks and we move on from there. I'm okay with that because the Bears can get back on track with not taking things out or taking those loans out from the future. I think the Bears are more than or at least a year away from the Super Bowl right now. I know a lot of fans are going to be like, are you kidding me? You really think that? And yeah, I do. I mean, I don't think chemistry happens overnight. And Nick Foles hasn't played with a lot of these players. If COVID-19 shortens training camp, he will have played with them even less. So 2020 won't be a rough season. I think it'll be better than 2019. But I want to see Pace plan enough for the future. Basically, just don't steal from the future. Change tactics a bit. You don't need to rush this. I get it. You, he's a young GM. He's allowed to make some mistakes. And am he's a human being. We all do. He scrambled to fix the Trubisky thing. It bottomed out. From here, take a breath. Make the smart choice. If he can do that, then even if everybody gets hurt and the Bears lose a lot of games, I'm more content than if he doubles down on 2020 and we don't win. He doesn't need to reach for the stars when he's got a decent foundation around him. At least that's how I feel. Kari, what do you want to see?
1: So I think along the same lines, I would like to see – Basically, just use the picks that you have and potentially trade down to just, uh, you know, look to the future, you know, or shore up and get, um, you know, like NFL ready prospects at other positions that you need. So you know we are talking about you know maybe offensive line or or cornerback um, because you know there's there's some uncertainty about who's going to be starting opposite Kyle Fuller uh, you know that we ha- we have a couple of, of thoughts on that but uh, nothing really set in stone um, so there there are definitely plenty of other positions that that you can focus on aside from quarterback I would kind of like to see Ryan Pace draft a quarterback in the you know fourth or fifth round. If he likes somebody enough, Uh, obviously you're, you're, you're past the point of, you know, all of the, the hot prospects that we want that could potentially, um, you know, be starting for us, you know, in a year or two. Right. Um, but you know, he's talked about, um, you know, wanting to draft a quarterback every year. And obviously he hasn't done that. I, I'm about drafting a quarterback if it makes sense. And to me, that does not mean trading up. It does not make sense to trade up for a quarterback and take a big swing right now, as you know Dan kind of outlined previously. Um, I and you know what this this is this is wish list for me. Um, I don't expect this to happen because it's one of those deals that if it you know was going to happen, maybe it already would have. I would like to see if you could get a deal for Mitchell Trubisky. Because I think that, as I mentioned before, his time here is basically done. The writing is on the wall. And I'm sure that, um, you know, other teams might no, might notice that. Um, you know, again, whatever is said about open quarterback competition, you know, whatever, you know, all of this, you know, Mitch is, you know, our, our starter stands a good chance to be our starter Don't pay attention to what Ryan Pace says. Pay attention to what he does and everything that he's done. His actions to this point tell me that Mitchell Trubisky is his days are numbered. He ain't going to be here past 2020. So if there's a possibility to move him and you're not going to you're not recouping a first round pick for him at this point. So you're talking about probably very middling if you're lucky draft compensation back you're probably going to be getting like a late round pick or something but if there if there's a decent deal there i would say do it because i think that at this point um his value is worth more in terms of getting picks back than him actually being on the field because i think that um at least just based on what i saw last year i don't know i don't know how you can put him back in the lineup and really expect great things after the way that he kind of folded last year with the situation that he was given. Um, So, so that is my kind of out there suggestion. Um, But I I think that in terms of things that I actually expect to see or, or would want to see, I want to see, you know, a high pick with our, uh, you know, to shore up the offensive line, um, particularly somebody who could come in and start maybe at right guard, you um, will compete for that starting spot and perhaps be there for when Bobby Massey, you know, in, hopefully is no longer here um, and and to, to really look forward to there, because I think that uh, for the most part, you know, Ryan Pace is really valued. Um, getting the offensive line together. It's obviously one of the biggest pillars of having a competent offense is having the protection and the run blocking in front of you. And that's something the Chicago bears definitely struggled with, you know, was running the football last year. Um, So I want to see that first and foremost to me, you know, invest up front on the offensive side of the ball.
3: So to the question, I think the original question we've obviously looped around a bit, but just if he trades up again, using, Particularly first round capital, uh, or, or sorry, future capital, and, and probably higher higher uh, rounds. Presumably, I mean those picks may not be his picks that he's giving up. Is all I'll say. Uh, those twenty twenty one draft picks, maybe someone else's twenty twenty one draft picks, uh, or they probably should be. So um, you got you gotta just hunker down and, and and focus on what you have and try to. Honestly, where I'm at is fine. Two starters at 43 and 50, and then I'm like, I might. Well, I'm not gonna turn the TV off, but every everyone else can because I think you know that that'd be pretty much it. Uh, so yeah, that, that's where I'm at with with kind of how we're going into this this next month here.
0: When you when you look at what you need to see, so you just articulated because I think Kari, you laid it out great, Brad. If he trades up, you don't want him anymore. But in terms of win loss, do you have specific standards? For next year, mm. or do you just want the bottom not to fall out? They
3: need they need to be a playoff team next year, in my opinion. Like, in, in terms of, like, we've heard hot seat or not hot seat. Like, if they don't make the playoffs next year and he keeps his job, that's in, – in my opinion, like, that makes zero sense. There's no reason for patience. There's no reason to give another shot, another quarterback, another head coach. Like, no. Like, honestly, if they don't even – if they're a seven seed, I know this is crazy to say, if they're a seven seed or, or a six seed and lose first round and it's not really a good game, like even then I don't know if he should keep his job. That, that's my opinion.
2: Makes sense. Dan, what do you think? Standards, where are they? So standards, I guess I could just start the draft. I don't really want to see them make any big moves anywhere. I would like to see, as I said, just get two starters there. Like, you know, get another a speedster wide receiver shore up the offensive line, set some guys in the secondary, get some help there. Just fill those get two starters. I think that's all that re- I really would say that I kind of require, I guess, get out of it. Of course, one of those guys isn't, is likely not going to pan out as well as you'd hope, but I would like him to att- at least attempt. Just don't do anything crazy this draft. Just work with what you... I think work with what you got. Mm-hmm. And then for the season... It's really I mentioned it a couple times. It was just fine. It's Pace and Nagy at this point are attached. No matter what, like if the Bears don't make the playoffs next year, and I was Brad saying, you know, Pace could be gone. Pace is gone. Like Nagy is uh, most likely is going to be let go as well. And Pace picked this guy, so this is another w- one of his selections. And I believe Nagy is the guy. I've said that numerous times that I think the offensive struggles was because of Trubisky, which is Pace's fault. But I think that overall this does need to be a playoff team because if Nick Foles is – if Matt Nagy's offense is good, Nick Foles should be able to lead them to the playoffs. So I expect them – and I expect them to be a playoff team. I mean, especially
0: if, to your point, I mean – so, plenty of these teams, it certainly seems as if, when you've got a young rookie coach, you could go up or you could go down. And plenty of teams take a step back in their second season, and that would be, in this case, the Packers. And the, Vi- or the Vikings are certainly a different identity than they were. It's very safe to say that, fools or not, the division door is open. So the Bears could easily win the division. That doesn't necessarily mean that we'd be an extraordinary team. If the defense plays to the standard we hope they do, they probably would be very good and could certainly swallow some people. But it does mean that the opportunity is there. And to your point, Dan, and to frankly everybody's point in the room, if the door's open, then you've got to take advantage at some point. And it is the GM's job to set the standard, and that wouldn't be fair to everybody if he gets hurt. I get it. People do things right, they do things wrong. Do I think necessarily, if Pace gets fired, that Nagy should keep his job as the head coach? Well, signs generally say they, he wouldn't. Either way, so it's not really for me to say. But it is really interesting how this whole thing could shake out. Overall, does anybody have any final thoughts they want to get out about free agency, Ryan Pace, the Bears, or where they're headed so far?
3: I'll jump, I'll jump in, I guess. I, I'll just say that well, as you mentioned, I do like to look in the future. I do that in the offseason. Once this thing starts, let's focus on twenty twenty. Let's 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 win thirteen games, which this team is capable of doing, and let's let's yeah. let's forget that the future exists during the year. I just in the offseason, that's what you do. But once this thing gets underway, there's no reason to be- to not believe this defense could carry them to 10 games and maybe Foles wins those two, three games that maybe Trubisky can't win, and they're looking at a two, three seed, maybe a one seed, getting that only by You never know.
0: Hey. Super Bears, Super Bowl, gentlemen. Absolutely. I mean, I know that I like to play analyst uh, when it comes to the Chicago Bears. But, guys, when they actually start to play football, the game moves so quickly for for a three-hour affair, it feels fast. That you better believe that just like anybody else watching the team, I'm going to be waiting for Nick Foles to just step back and rip a ball deep to Allen Robinson for him to catch it and everybody goes bananas the same way. We could talk about whether it was a good throw or a good catch or a good route or whatever it was later. At the moment, it's just a 39-yard gain, and that's good enough. So when the when the lights turn on, this is a better team than it was in 2019. That's a good thing, I think. And whether or not it comes at the cost of the future, we can't really determine that now. We can just kind of guess. But certainly I'm excited, and it sounds like y'all are too. Guys, it has been awesome having you on. Go ahead and just Dan. – we'll start with Dan, then Brad, then Kari. Where can folks find you? On Twitter, your work, wherever?
2: Uh, yeah, you could just find me on Twitter at FB. Uh I got some stuff in the works that I'll be back, you know – creating content again it's been a little while but uh should be back soon but otherwise i'll be on twitter tweeting about probably mostly bears football maybe some occasional Warzone tweets other things that's all the hotness nowadays brad what about you
3: you can find me on twitter at brad otc the otc stands for OverTheCap.com, which is your hub for all salary cap data bears or otherwise uh, yeah, and, and any questions or anything like that, I, I try to get back to everybody, so yeah, come uh, shoot me a question on Twitter, and I'll try to get back to you.
1: And you can all catch me at KDThompson5 on Twitter, you can catch me and my um, occasional bears rantings, as well as my rantings about other things, with occasional baby pictures.
0: There you go, and honestly, I didn't ever realize just how much I loved baby pictures until I got married, so... That's certainly <laughs> – I I would almost describe it as an up-and-down audience, but I don't even know what to say. I'm just caught out on a limb here talking. Maybe you hey, can Hey, baby
1: pictures are awesome, and the they actual are. babies are even better.
0: I can only imagine. That's, that's something for someday. That's the way I'd put that. Guys, thanks again for coming on. I will talk to you all soon. And there you have it, folks. Ryan Pace's seat may not be blazing hot, but it's got to be warm, especially given the underperformance that the Bears saw last year. And depending on how things shake out next year, I am talking, of course, about coronavirus and how we unfortunately don't really know what the next league year is going to look like. If it does proceed, even somewhat normally, you have got to hope for better out of the 2020 squad, even if it's just for the sake of some of those front office jobs. If you like what I have to say, feel free to follow me over on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz, that's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z, or on YouTube of the channel by the same name, but it will soon be changing to Run Pass Opinion, so if you search by my name and don't find it, search that, and you very well may. I'm excited about some of the stuff that I'm getting out to you soon. I've got a collaboration in the works that I think y'all are going to like, but until next time folks bear down and thanks so much for bearing with me